The Extreme BPM with Mark Extreme on eJazz Radio. Welcome to the Extreme BPM. My name is Mark Extreme. We, you know, we get to hang out with people that are in entertainment, that are in in different walks of life. We've had people from movies come on. We've had artists on the show come on, and uh, this time around. We go we go way back with the guest today, all right? And uh, it's many, 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 many years. It's crazy, you know. In, in in the general sense, this time around, when people say many, many years, sometimes they're meaning two. But as it's men, it's actually way more than that. And uh, her name is Lady B. Bless. She's on, she's on the show, and she does a lot of a lot of work for. She's a humanitarian. She does a lot of. She has charity. She does all this. She has a lot of things under her resume, okay? That if we go if we get into just reading your resume and things that you've done, you you had a radio station, you had yeah, you're doing you're podcasting right now. People can get you can get you live on your socials. But she's on the show right now and we shall get into, you know, her story and uh we shall have a chat on the show. So Lady be blessed, welcome on the show. Welcome. I thank you, DJ Mark Extreme. Hello to all your fans. How are you guys doing today? Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. So I thank you for having me as your guest. Yes. <laughs> and like I said, we go way, 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 way back. So I think in 2010, 11, 12, around that time. So it is a very old friendship. Yeah. And and you know what is crazy that probably, I, I, I don't know if I've told you that, or I don't know if I did tell you. He, what is crazy is this. I only started mixing on the radio when you let me mix on the radio <laughs> you know a lot of people tell me that a lot of my djs from back in there was like lady b i got my start i have a dj in um that started out like on i think it was africa zin carib radio and then it went to africa Afro- radio yes. and he said now he's doing he's in australia he said he always saw people lady b blessed was the one that gave me my my first chance to mix on the radio and then i have djs in south africa and zimbabwe and they told me the same thing so i'm i'm a pioneer no <laughs> oh no 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 you've done you've done so much how, how interesting is this that even when you talk about zambia there's a there's zimbabwe a, there's a dj that i got to know from zambia that uh, uh, we ended up getting to know each other, and then I got to know uh, EZT, and then I yes, and then I got to know uh, the st- the station he works with. The manager had come to Uganda, and then we linked up. But all that is because of Africa Ribredi, and you know yeah. Oh, that's so good to hear. It's it's wonderful. I love helping people, and I when I first started the radio station, like I say, it was Zimcab Radio. It was. Um, in Zimbabwe, but let me tell your audience a little bit who I am. Yeah, that's, so that's and then we could get into the conversation about the radio stations and stuff like that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am Lady B. Bless. I am an award-winning humanitarian. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a motivational speaker. I am also a radio personality and a mentor, and I advocate for the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal. I am an advocate for women empowerment and girl child education before all of that i was deep into the music industry i had my own record label my own publishing company and i used to manage up and coming reggae artists from africa and the caribbean that all stopped two years ago um actually three years now when i decided to become a humanitarian so 
I stepped away from the music industry. I closed Afro-Carib Radio. Yes. And I started the Lady Be Blessed Humanitarian Foundation. Um, it was like I found my passion. It was like I, I, I founded what my whole life purpose is, was, and should be was being a humanitarian and working with those that's, you know, underdeveloped or disadvantaged um, in different countries. So that is who I am. And we could get into, you know, a little more as we go along. But that's just basic foundation of who Lady B Bless is. Yeah, but let's let's get with the with first how you got into the music business. How how does that start how does that come in? Wow. I started a music business in the 90s like 1995 long time ago yeah wow and I, I in the <laughs> 90s um <laughs> i'm caribbean yeah. so i used to like hang out at all the caribbean clubs like in chicago because i grew up in chicago and there was this band and they were like can you manage us because i was always there you know doing my thing and they were like can you manage us and i'm like what do you mean manage you they said well you seem to know a lot of people um and we're looking for a manager and it was like amazing i was like oh sure i didn't know absolutely nothing what i was doing but i was like <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool to get into all the clubs with this band and go to all the shows and, and not worry about pain or anything? And I'm like, yeah, I'll manage you, no problem. And then I, I, I took it serious and I even took um, courses in artist management, right? And so I was like, wow, this is really good. And then more and more artists were, were coming to me as I was getting them gigs, talking to the club owner and, you know, just going around making calls, getting them shows and, you know, getting them on different um, festivals that came to Chicago. And they were like, wow, you know, can you manage me? Can you manage? So it just started. That's how Arkinovi Management and Development Company got started. And so I said, wow, this is, it's amazing. And basically that was it. It started in the nineties. When you were at Afro-Carib Radio, you always had uh, a lot of diverse people on yes. and, uh, you know, from different areas. Even when I, when, when I got to join, there are always DJs from all over the world and they would always, it's like you would always connect people. I don't know, does that come before even you connecting people came before even the music business? No, 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 uh, no, no. I, I got into the music business and then as I learned because I love to learn I learned that the music industry is all about who you know and sometimes it's really not about your skills because as we see that the most popular artist is the one that gets the, the, the limelight not so much more the most talented artist right yes. so it's always about who you know who you know who you know so I started a network of DJs. At one time, I had about over 2,000 DJ lists. I had a group on Facebook called Lady Be Blessed DJ Pool. And I had about 2,000 DJs all around the world in this one group that I used to feed them music. So when the artists would you know, send music to me, I would put it in this group. So all the DJs would then have the music and they, would, you know, they could play these artists. So it was, it just gradually me learning the industry and learning what it takes to be part of this industry. And then I started Arkanovi Records, which is still on iTunes. I still have albums on iTunes 
from Arkinovi Records. And then I started Arkinovi Publishing because it's education. A lot of artists don't know about publishing. So then I started the publishing company to help them get their um, music published. Uh, and, and, you know, speaking of, you know, getting into the music business in the 90s as a woman, how crazy was it? And uh, what, what challenges did you have to maneuver as a woman getting to handle your business, your way, and, you know, in this industry? Well, I think, you know, I'm very charming. I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> toot my own horn. <laughs> but in, in some aspect, in some aspect, it was challenging because especially being new, when you're new in the industry, no one takes you serious. So that goes without singing. You have to build your reputation. So for like the first two, three years, everyone was like, oh, okay, whatever. So you want to do artist management. But after I built my reputation as someone that could get artists onto shows as, you know, because my, I, at that time, I think 2000, I'm sorry, 1990. 596 i teamed with another company and we were the first one that bought beanie man and the shacken vibe crew to chicago at that time i'm talking in the 90s this was like their first tour and so that was really big for me and then it builds my my rep you know it's it's all about your reputation so after doing something like that and i was able then we bought um ricky trooper and we bought um a lot of these DJs, you know, I can't remember everything yet. <laughs> it was a while back. But as you build your reputation, then people start to take you, you know, serious. But I I provide a hands-on management approach to managing an artist. After a while, I realized that you need to get to know the artist that you're managing. Yeah. Right. So I used to, then I changed my, I just changed the whole approach to artist management. I would have to know you at least three to four months before I decide if I would manage you or not. Right. And then I had to see, like, I would go spend weekends, right? Like, I need to see how you, how you live your life. Because a lot of artists don't realize that this is a career. Yeah, and then a it's a partnership between you and your manager. So you have to sometimes think is one because if you're absent, I have to be the one to speak on your behalf. You see? Yeah. So sometimes it becomes where I had to telling them like waking them up in the morning, make sure they went out. And back in the day, I used to make them run and then come and get on the mic to 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 strengthen the lungs, right? Because it's very important. Like performing, you have to have strong lungs. And a lot of artists today don't realize that because they're on, they're on stage and they breathe in heavily because they don't do the lung exercise. Yeah. You see, so yeah. all of these things comes in in development. So I had artist management and development in where I was developing the artists. Now, when I started doing artists online, then that be, the development part became a little harder. You see, so when everything went and shift into online in the 2000s and moving forward, I got a lot of artists that I was managing in Jamaica. I've managed artists in Zimbabwe. I managed artists in Kenya um, and Ghana. So it just became now I'm just managing instead of developing. But I really love the development part. 
yeah and unfortunately yeah. these days people don't do the development part anymore because they don't they don't because right. artists don't listen anymore and everything is the one hit wonders where you make it or you 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 crashed youtube or you crashed your facebook and everyone thinks that they're an artist but the development is not there they're not practicing their vocals they're not doing their lung exercise they can't even last an hour like you don't see artists perform like that anymore no an hour an hour and a half they can't because they don't have that development part yeah it's only done i think it's only done by the artists that are a bit more older they're the ones that are yes. actually performing for an hour the young ones cannot do that I tell people all the time, but Beyonce still goes to her vocal coach. Yeah. She still do her vocal lessons and she could perform for two hours and dance and sing because every day she's practicing. I mean, she starts her day with her, her exercise, her lungs, her stamina, her whole body, her voice and everything. It's a whole package. Yeah, yeah, sure. You see, and some just want to have a mic <laughs> and they want to put some verse down in the bathroom and they're like, I'm an artist. But no, it's a full, it's a full package. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. And unfortunately a lot of people don't have that these days. They can't. That's why there's a lot of, uh, I think, even with the performance part of it, you know, a lot of people lack in that area. And yeah. uh, they don't become interesting. They only become now interesting as studio artists, not actually artists that are on the road performing and building. A yes. Place. Yeah. And now they're putting so many artists on a performance that you, the artists have now become used to performing for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You have a show with 20 artists and the show is like two or three hours long. So each artist have 20 minutes to come and perform. Yeah. And, and so they're. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So they're not used to using their full potential. Like if you put them on a show and they have to hold the stage for an hour, they wouldn't know what to do. Nah, they can't do that. It's, it's, and, and that's not only, by the way, for people listening in, that's only, not only happening, uh, uh, like people might say, oh, it's happening in the U.S. that much. It's, it's everywhere, guys. Everywhere. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Even in Uganda here, yeah, that's the same thing. You get people that can't, uh, that can't even, perf- they can't even perform with a live band. They only, they want to lip sync. Yes. Yeah. And that's another problem. And uh, these things made it very easy for me to walk away from the music industry. They want to lip sync. They want to use auto tune and they want to dress crazy. They want to be up in the club. It's all yeah. about Hennessy. It's all about booty shaking. I mean, how many booty shaking songs do we really need? <laughs> I told one artist, I said, I want you to do me a favor and yeah. go and look at the uh, at the catalogs of Barbara Streisand. Look at the catalog of Michael Jackson and tell me how many booty shaking songs these top artists have yeah but you but wouldn't find any you won't find even, even if you don't go that even even if you go to people that are still performing right now even if you go to beyonce's catalog you won't find that many yes yeah okay. you know and i and i this is what i tell them you know we're not reinventing the wheel as far as a career is concerned it's already out there people before us have done this and they've been successful there's nothing wrong with saying i'm gonna take this role i'm gonna take this model and I'm gonna follow it. Yeah. Not exactly clone it or copy it, but I'm gonna follow this model. When you look at an artist like Sade, Sade will be gone for five years, she'll come back, do one album and she'll disappear again, but then she's made millions. 
Yeah, she doesn't even need to make another album. I don't think at <laughs> she this point. She doesn't need to make another album. Shade, shade. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will come and give you love, soldier. Yeah. I will tour and then I will go about my business. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, the, and their catalogs managed to leave the test of time and they still are really uh, they still can play at this point in time there's replay value for for the music relevance yes even relevance yeah so i i tell every artist make a birthday song and make a christmas song always have those two in your catalogs (laughs) yeah and you always have to come back because every year people are celebrating birthdays every year christmas is every every day someone is celebrating a birthday if you make a birthday song you can send that song out every day to someone yeah sure (laughs) and every year there's christmas is it not all around the world (laughs) every yeah and and it's and it's so big you know yes so every year and starting at the after thanksgiving or after or december 1st to january 1st you could play your song you could push your christmas song yeah unfortunately people don't i think people don't because there's no development there is no guidance with the artists they don't yeah understand that mode yeah. of working yeah yeah those are certain things that you should really look at as an artist mother's day father's day hit all the major holidays or celebratory days as they're called and promote on those days that you could make one song 10 years ago and still promote it on Christmas or holidays, Thanksgiving, Mother's Day, Father's Day. These days are national days now. Yeah. yeah. And they're you see? so those are some things that some of the artists, they don't want to listen. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this is something I've always wanted to ask because I know I, I don't think I asked this back then. Uh, you always did a tribute for Lucky Duby on on on, on the show, on the station, and I always wanted to ask what was the relationship between uh, you and uh, Lucky Duby. I know you'd work, you had worked with a lot of um, artists from Africa and the Caribbean, but specifically Lucky Duby always did a tribute every year. Every year on his birthday, August third, I did a tribute for Lucky Duby. Lucky Duby is my favorite reggae artist. Oh. favorite of yes that's it that's the relationship <laughs> and then after i started putting up his songs and then i did a petition for him to be inducted in the the reggae i mean the the uh the r&b not the r&b the um the hall of fame in new york because they have reggae artists in it and then his son and his daughter got in touch with me so i have um dialogue with his family as that it's just i just love his music I felt if he was born in a different space and time, he would be the greatest in Africa. I felt that if his life was allowed to to live on, we would still be listening to Lucky Dube. I mean, live, seeing him live. I love the way he performed. I just loved his music, his lyrics, you know, the way he captivated, the way he the way he used to tell his stories. Yeah, yeah. Oh, music, yeah. He's my favorite. Lucky Dube is my favorite reggae artist. Oh yeah, that's. I, always, I mean, when I tell people that they're like Bob Marley, Bob Marley does not have to be everybody's reggae artist, people, and I, that gets me all the time. Yeah, they're yeah. like, "Well, don't you like Bob Marley?" I'm like, "He's not my favorite," <laughs> and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but but they also have to remember that you know it's the the thing is I think Bob Marley is is so big, and mm-hmm. and Dube was more of an an African artist and so yes. the rest of the world didn't get to know who he was but in terms of building catalog and building a lot of music I think he did a lot than, before he even yes. passed on and uh, 
for people that are in Africa, they know who he is, and the, the people that are also yes. out of Africa that know who he is, they can really testify and know. He came and performed. I here. think over twenty-seven albums right now in my collection. I have over a thousand Lucky Dobe tracks, um, including live performances. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he, he kept, you know, you know, every artist in Uganda, whenever they would come to perform, they would take them to grounds where they perform. When Lucky Dube came into Uganda, they take they took him to the stadium. Yes, that's yes. how that's how big he was. His stadium performance were unbelievable. When I look at the videos and you know my playlist, and I would sit, I put the music on, I would just relax and listen to Lucky Dube. The positivity, I think that's what it is. The positivity in his lyrics, one love, one people, reggae strong. You know, I I have my favorites that I listen to. So it's, yeah, that's it with Lucky Dube. I, I should get back and do his tribute. Oh, no, you should. Uh, moving on, uh, you know, you you went into, you did radio. And then first you said it was called Zim radio right zim yeah Afro. zim zim carib radio Caribbean. because i don't remember if you remember a dj named dj alfire uh, he yeah, was yeah. on the radio with me he started him and i started zim carib radio together he was from zimbabwe and i was in the caribbean so we named it zim carib radio so after a while he just got tired he was like i don't want to do this anymore and so i took every i took it over and named it afro carib radio bridging the gap from africa to the caribbean and and you had everyone on there 14 djs i think the top we had like 21 djs and one time from everywhere i mean kenya uganda south africa zimbabwe the uk chicago everywhere and i know i'm forgetting some people ireland um belgian i don't want to forget anyone in case they're listening but if i do i'm sorry so i reopened africa radio last year you reopened it? Yeah, so Africa Radio is on now. It's live. I reopened it last year, and I think we have eight DJs. So Tony Touch is still on there. Bajan B is still on there. Magetsi from Zimbabwe is still on there. Um, Why are you not there? I am. I just did a show last month for Women's Month. I did uh, Marcia Griffin. Oh, Marcia Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for women's mind, I did Marcia Griffin. But during the summer, I may do a couple more shows. I, I do my shows and I upload them. And um, there's a large listening audience in Spain and Ireland and um, Nairobi that downloads my show. Like last show, I had like over 500 downloads in Nairobi. Oh, that's 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 interesting. That's, I, very... that's amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. So so Lady Be Blessed gave gave me my first starters on Africa Radio and there's something else that she introduced me to that I slept on and later regretted why I slept on. You know, when you're talking about bring, bridging the gap between Africa and the Caribbean and giving mm-hmm. upcoming artists an opportunity, you are the you are the first person that recommended Stone Boy in one of the shows I was doing on. You remember? And I didn't pay so much attention. I played him on the show, but I didn't pay so much attention. I was like, this guy almost sounds like Jama- is a Jamaican. But I, you know, I was playing a lot of uh, dancehall on the show, and I was like, nah, he's trying to copy Jamaicans. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do this that much more. And I just played him a few times. And then a year later, he wins the BET award. And look at where yes. he's at right now. I recommended Stoneboy like two, three years before he won. I was always playing Stoneboy. I think I was introduced to Stoneboy in 2012 um, by a friend of mine who was Ghanaian. And they were like, if you love music and you want to play Ghanaian music, check out this artist. 
And then I got in touch with Stoneboy and we we chat every now and then. And I was like, just keep your music positive. <laughs> You're gonna go so far. Just keep it positive. And he's like, okay, mama. Okay, mama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are the. Person. And then I knew his manager at that time, Black CD. And you know, we would. Um, and when it came to Atlanta, like a couple of years ago, I was supposed to go to Atlanta, but I couldn't make it. And then I missed the opportunity to actually meet him in person. But yeah, yeah, Stone Boy, right? Yeah, that was the lesson. I was like, you know, next I'm not sleeping on on new artists at all anymore. <laughs> Never sleep on a new artist. All they need is a chance. Yeah. When I was, uh, I managed artists from Zimbabwe. Within six months, he became the artist of the year. He was the only artist in Zimbabwe to chart in Jamaica, and I was sent to party. So he was on the Stampede um, next big thing in Jamaica, and I think that was 2013. I managed um, Lyndon Jam and, um, I always remember this one, Johnny Scani and Kenya, and within a year, both of those became top you know, artists of the year, and these are new artists. And I think Lyndon Jam is no longer doing music as much, but Johnny Scani, he just released a new album, and um, Center Party is also still in music, and he released a new album, but they are now recognized you know, artists in in their area, in their country. And I have about 10 artists in Ghana that wants me to manage them, but I don't know, it's not in me anymore. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, even that's, that, that's great, great, even a good segue for what we are going on next. So you, you later get, get into the humanitarian work. Uh, what what pushed you in, into that direction? I knew you were oh doing, my God. even when we were doing Afro Caribbean, you were doing other a million things, the Oil and Gas Association and Af, of Africa. Oh, all that. wow, yes. I was, a, I was a marketing director for the uh, African Oil and Gas, the African Gas Association. I was there that for five years. Um, Ah, to be a humanitarian. Hmm. In 2018, I was at the United Nations, right? Yeah. And it's March, um, March, March 20, March 19, 20 around that time. And I was at the Commission on the Status of Women, which is held every year at the United Nations by UN Women. I was invited. So they have several meetings or, you know, that you could go to. So I was invited by the Carter Foundation to go to one of their um, meeting called uh, Encouraging Women in Engineering. In 2018, the Carter Foundation made it the year for engineering for women. And I'm in this session at the United Nations and we're talking about encouraging women and the girl child in engineering. And so one of my sisters stood up any any woman is my sister any mother is my mother any grandmother is my grandmother so when i say that i just mean spiritually so she stood up and she was like how can we sit here and talk about encouraging or empowering women in engineering when we cannot even empower them in the basic needs so i'm intrigued i'm like basic needs i'm like well i raised my hand i said well can you explain she says well sanitary pads she says the women the girls don't have sanitary pads and without sanitary pads they cannot go to school they're isolated and i'm and and and, she, and she's talking and then my mind just went blank because i'm thinking to myself hmm, sanitary pads is a basic need for every woman 
every woman needs this. I mean, it's a natural cycle. As a woman, every woman goes through it. Yeah. Natural man, not natural woman, not the man-made woman. <laughs> you, know, you, don't, you know what I mean? You don't every want, natural you, woman. You don't want that war, I think. <laughs> You see, let's just let's just move on. Positive <laughs> vibes, with, positive vibes with a positive flow. Come on, that was the thing, you know. <laughs> so every natural woman, yeah, goes through this process. And what do you mean they don't have patch? You said they're using cloth, they're using leaves. Um, some of them are just sitting there and washing, bleeding out and washing. And I was, I was devastated because for me, I know how that's such a a private thing for a woman yeah and such a it's it takes away your dignity if you can't properly take care of yourself at that time of the month and i was just i was just i couldn't i didn't know what to do what to say i was numb to think that and for me not to have the idea at this age i was 50 years old and for my mind i've never thought about women not having feminine hygiene products at that time of the month so all I could think, like, for the next two days, like, what can I do? I mean, why? I mean, I could walk to the store and, and get them no big deal. What can I do? And that's when I started March 22nd, 2018, the Lady Be Blessed Humanitarian Foundation. So we advocate for social change and equality for people in undeveloped and disadvantaged area. And our mission is to actively and effectively engage and promote human and social welfare with no prejudice on human suffering on the grounds of gender, sexual orientation, religion, or national division. So our goal is to save lives, relieve suffering, and maintain human dignity. Yeah, and, and right now we work in Ghana, Africa. I have three village that I'm responsible for as their queen mother. And our project for last year was water wells and toilets because we're working on um, clean water and sanitation. But because of COVID, we weren't able to start those projects. So now we have to start them either the end of this year or in 2022. I also do female hygiene um, programs. I also educate the men because it's a predominantly uh, Muslim area that I'm working in. So in order to get to the woman, sometimes you have to go through the man. Yeah. So we, I also educate the men on women hygiene around that time of the month. That is something very natural. That is something that's needed for her to go through. And that is when she needs extra care. I mean, because her body is cleansing. You see? So she needs extra care at that time. And within a year, 2018, I won the African Women Network Special Recognition Award for my work. Um, and then later on <laughs> in December, in, um, so I started in March. I got that one in May. And then July, I got the Goodwill Ambassador of the Year Award. And then in September, I got the DEE Humanitarian Award. And in Charlotte here, I was named Who is Who in Black Charlotte. Oh, nice. In 1919, March, I won the Agribiz Good Cause Award. And last year, I was flowing to LA for the African Community Achievements Award. Wow. You know, hey. 
All, the, all these awards have, have happened in the sp- in, in a span of about three, less than three years. Well, because when you find your passion, there's no stopping your drive. Yeah, and and you know, and even with COVID, I still have. Amen. I have my SDG ambassadors, which is Sustainable Development Goal. I've educated over a thousand people on WhatsApp about the Sustainable Development Goals. We did three schools in Ghana before the pandemic hit about sustainable development goals. So I still have like 189 ambassadors that I mentor every day in in this WhatsApp group about, you know, sustainable development goal, women empowerment and the girl child education. Yeah, and, and actually, I think I, I, I attended the first time when you were doing the SG and... and uh, yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, did you complete? Did you get your certificate, Mark? Yeah, yeah I did. Shout-outs to, oh, okay. to, to, to a lady that was uh, that handle, was handling uh, the the work in Ghana. I, I've forgotten her name now. Lizzie Elizabeth Ofori. Yes. Shout-outs to She's her. my general manager. Yeah, shout-outs to her. She was very efficient and... Uh, you know, even when, because you you'd only go ahead after you had completed the the certificate, and <laughs> just like you have to first complete it. You have to complete it, and now I have ambassadors, and I have I am turning the ambassadors into an association. So it's going to be the SED Ambassadors Association of the Lady Be Breast Humanitarian Foundation, and this is all over the world. We're even working in Indonesia. We have Asia, we have UK, we have Gambia, we have Uganda, we have Kenya, South Africa, Zaire, Tanzania. They're all in the group. Well, nice. So after COVID, we are hitting the ground running and the foundation is gonna be the forefront of all of it. So I'm very excited. Yeah, and and then, you know, what are some if, if you look at because you started along uh, understanding what a girl, the girls need and what uh, dealing, dealing with the hygiene and then now it's going you're going into sg sg sdgs which, sdgs yes which yes are, which are well of- i also learned about the sdgs in 2018 when i was at the united nation because i had no idea what they were really yeah so 2018 is when i learned about the the goals which was put together in 2015 so i was actually like a couple years behind but after learning about the goals i decided to become an advocate for the goal because i believe no one should be left behind i believe everyone should be able to eat i believe everyone should have access to health care i believe everyone should have clean water everyone should have a home you see so then i start advocating for these goals and teaching people about the goals so how can people be a, be a part of uh, your cause since you're already working with people across the world and there are people in Uganda who are part of the program already, people in, in Nairobi or anyone that is listening in, in, uh, to this at this time that is anywhere in the world? Oh, can anyone can inbox me. I'm, I'm on Facebook. I am Lady Be Blessed. It's my page. Um, so you could come to that page and send me an inbox. That's not a problem. You could also, um, I'm on the gram as I am Lady Be Blessed. And I'm on, I'm also Twit. I'm on the Twitter. My kids are like, mom, you're trying to be hip. <laughs> Talking about the gram. I'm like, I'm on the gram. Yeah. So you can hit me up on the gram or on Twitter and the same I am Lady Be Blessed. Yeah. That's you can get in touch with me. I'm Lady Be Blessed at gmail.com. 
yeah yeah and and they should be part of this and guys that that uh, sdg uh, program is a good one even if you are not into the humanitarian world you can learn a few things here and there and uh, yeah uh, and know what's around yeah. you and see how you can help it's just making the world better that's it it's just learning lessons like climate change like i don't use single use straws i don't use single use water bottles um there is so, so many things we could do make things paper instead of plastic you see like now i went to a restaurant and i ordered a drink and they gave me a bamboo straw i was so proud of them i'm like can i speak to the owner <laughs> and they're like why is something wrong i was like just give me the owner please and the owner came and i'm like thank you and he was like what i said this is a bamboo straw you're saving the environment. You're environmentally conscious. I want to thank you and your establishment for saving the planet. And he was so touched. He was like, your meal is on me. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's little things like that. Bamboo straws are, are, are a way of saving the environment. Yeah. And see, it, it, it doesn't, it's not going to hurt the environment. Plastic and all of their like Rwanda has banned the use of plastic. Like you can't take plastic into the country, which is wonderful. Oh, wonderful. They are, oh, they have been at, they have been at it and they are very strict with it because you know they are neighbors <laughs> down south. We are we are like family. Yo, they are very strict with it. Don't play with Rwanda. Yo, it is so crazy <laughs> that even when they put the the grass like around like when they design the roads and they have where there is wherever you see any green and you stand there, you're arrested. They people know that already. So they yes, yes, and then they have the cleanup day. So it's like you you what is it? I think every Friday or something. You don't go to work. You go to work late or it's a designated time because everyone is cleaning up. Yeah, they are very clean. They are very clean in their city. It's very very clean. Let's move to Rwanda, Mark. Let's do it. <laughs> and you know what is crazy? What is even interesting is I think it's the second fastest growing nation in Africa because Ethiopia is the first. Yes, I think under Ethiopia. Yeah. Ethiopia is the first, then Rwanda. Yes, and then Rwanda. Yeah. And of course, my Ghana, let's not forget my Ghana. I think Ghana is number six or something, but we're making strive. We are, um, I always say, I'm not even Ghanaian, but I've claimed <laughs> and... <laughs> because, because you come from a country with G, so you're... you're <laughs> because I come from a country that always gets mistaken yeah. for Ghana. <laughs> Guyana, and they're like. Oh. So when I tell people I'm from Guyana, they're like, Ghana? I'm like, no, Guyana. They're like, but where is that from? Where is that at? I'm like, South America. <laughs> <laughs> and Ghana is in Africa. So. Yeah. And they give you a name, you know? What, what is the yeah. name? Nana, what? Oh, Nana Ama Champion Mata first is my Ghanaian name. Nana is King, Queen, Chief, Chief Chess. Nana, that's what Nana is. So Ama is a child that's born, a female child that's born on Saturday, because I'm a Saturday born, so I'm Ama. And a Champion Ma is champion of the people. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think that is very befitting. Yes. So they call me the People's Queen. Ah, uh, <laughs> good one. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's so sometimes you'll see I'll put humanitarian the people's queen the people's queen yeah the people's queen yeah but but you know the, the thing that Ghana is, is what everyone is proud about even in Ghana as far as democracy goes you know they are trying to make that better for people and yes. um, yeah that's the part that's what everyone I think is should learn from them as far as uh, streamlining that process that the yeah. right part 
Yeah. Yeah, and and Nana Nana Ado is the chairman of the United Nation SDG Advocate. Wow. Program, I think, uh, or the whole he is the chairman right now is Nana, and so Ghana has a strong SDG relationship with the United Nations. Yeah, and they already had the Secretary General too, the one the the lead. Yes, you know. uh, yeah, Kofi Kofi Amana, yeah, yes. Kofi. So yeah, Ghana is doing its thing. It's the passport. I think it's the sixth, the sixth most powerful passport in Africa. It it should be because it actually yeah. they even opened up I think for people in the diaspora that would want to come back. They made it easy for them because you know what I and people always like why do you like why do you love Nana I mean. I'm not a political person. I'm not into politics. Two things I don't discuss: religion and politics. Both are they both separate people and discriminate against people, and 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 is used to control people. And that's yeah. my belief. And this is why I don't discuss them. But the reason why I like Nana is because he made it possible that people from the Caribbean could come to Ghana visa free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's simple and I told someone that and they're like that's the only reason I say yes because he's the first president that thought about us yeah the diaspora I said people in the diaspora should come if they want to come back to Africa Ghana is he's the first one he's no one went to Guyana Nana went to Guyana he went to my hometown oh even when that he went to Guyana he literally went to Guyana they had a big conference they welcome him right now in Guyana we have Ghana Day when Ghana celebrates independence in May in Guyana we celebrate Ghana oh nice and we have Ghana Day because we now as Guyanese could travel from Guyana to Ghana free, visa free now he's the real question. he's the only one I mean so it's like I mean if nothing else yeah I like him for that now here's the question when have you been have you been to Ghana I have not been to Ghana yet um, I was supposed to go one time but I had a problem with my my passport it was so devastating because I had my ticket I'm at the embassy I took my shots everything I lost about three thousand oh, dollars oh, <laughs> and I didn't make my trip nothing was refundable it was crazy and then I planned to go November um, 2020 so we know that didn't happen because of COVID so now I'm I'm building in Ghana. So I have, yeah, my, my uncle is Ghanaian and I have like a lot of friends that I've known for years here in the US that's now in Ghana and we're building. So I'm building a house. So when that's finished, then I'm gonna go cause it'll be better to go and have a place to stay and, you know, relax. But I'm supposed to, my people, my, my staff, they take very good care of the foundation there. We're registered. We are incorporated in Ghana and we have everything in Ghana, even though I've never been, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I think so you, you, you never participated in the, they call it what the year of return. I think every no, December, I didn't every make December. the year of return because I still, I'm still a Guyanese citizen. I, I maintain my Guyanese citizen. I've been in the United States for couple of years <laughs> so like, perfect, i've been in perfect. united states for like 46 uh, years you, we, 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 we were on the right path it was perfect and then you got it <laughs> i've been in the united states for like 46 years for so a couple of years I, I, 
it's only a couple of years. So I never got U.S. citizenship. So I'm still a you. I'm still a Guyanese citizen. So at the end of 2018, when I needed to get a new passport, I had to go to the Guyana Embassy in Washington, and then they had to send back home for the passport. So it took like about four to six months. Ah, but for the passport for you to get for, for you to get your passport. But now you're you're all good. You're good to go now. Now I'm all good. I'm good to go. I'm I'm very good to go. So after this, so right now it's just COVID travel, vaccination. I'm looking at different options about the vaccine. So until I'm really ready to travel, then I'll make my decision on which I'm gonna get of you know have to see in the reactions and stuff like that but a lot of my friends are getting madharma and they're fine they said it's you know it's cool but everybody reacts differently oh yeah because things so it's that's that's just it but right now i'm just <sighs> enjoying life yeah that's that's relaxing yeah that's, that's <laughs> all we can do you know when when because when this yeah. pandemic came in all we all you can do is you have get you have to get used to living this life is uh, yeah as it, as it was it was hard at the beginning because i'm such a social outgoing person <laughs> it was so hard like march i went to la and march 13th everything locked down whoa and then march april may june and just sitting at home like nothing like can't go out any everything is on lockdown last september whole summer and then I just got like real discouraged, like, and then I had to, I had to find an avenue. I had to find something to do. I just had to just like, the radio was good, but I didn't have like, oh, I'll go on the radio. And then I started podcasting. <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah, you, this is, you see, this is a good thing of, of when we, when we get to, when when radio people are speaking, you know the segues create themselves that way. Because I was, right. I, was, I was going to get into the podcasting and uh, how how your show is on every uh, every day. You have you had a good topic yesterday, which was Friday, guys. If I know this, you might get this a different day, but there is a Friday of the twenty third. You had uh, you had a good topic and uh, about finance. It's finance. Financial Fridays. Yes. And this is Financial Literacy Month. So I had two financial advisors, one from the US and one from Canada, because I'm reaching everyone. So they were talking about protecting your asset, you know, planning for the future. So Financial Literacy Month, it's not only about making money, it's about making plans. So that's Financial um, Fridays, but the it's called Lady Be Blessed Conversation Podcast, right? So I have Men Mondays, because we can't forget the men. I remember I was only doing women Wednesdays. And then one of my friends was like, oh, yeah, always for the women and women. What about the men? Yeah. I'm like, oh, you men must have everything. <laughs> so I said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I started Men Mondays. But men are more difficult than women. Like to get a man to stick to a schedule and say, okay, Mondays at 3 o'clock, I will be there. He will call on Saturday and go, can we schedule that for five o'clock? Or can we do it on Thursdays? I was like, men, Monday, 3 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Women Wednesdays, the women at three o'clock, yes, I'll be there. No problem. So I've only done like three men Mondays. <laughs> I like you men. So men Monday, Tech Tuesday, which I just started um, two months ago because I started working with this network. I think you joined Social Africa. Yep. They give me a many points. Right. The points I have on. I, I, I'm still trying to learn. This, this is something I'm getting. To. <laughs> I'm still trying to learn, you know, the, getting into the, the crypto The ins car, and out. Yeah, well, you should get the affiliate, affiliate link and invite your friends. And when your friends join using your affiliate link, you get points. Yeah. Yeah. So Tech Tuesday, I started because tech is a big thing now. And then Women Wednesday, of course, and I have Teaching Thursdays with deal with the SDG goals so thursdays we teach about the sdg and then financial friday so this is just a weekly conversation with some of today's innovators social entrepreneurs thinkers doers change makers who are making a positive change in the world and a lot of them need to be spotlighted because sometimes things are happening and we don't know the people behind the things happening yeah yeah definitely so those are the people and this is a this is the last month for all the shows i'm taking a break um, May, June, July, and I'll be back in August for season two of Lady Be Blessed Conversation podcast. However, May, June, and July, I will be on Clubhouse. <laughs> I don't want to take a break, right? I take a break and then I'll be on Clubhouse. So the Gold Progressive Women Network has a club on Clubhouse. So all through the next three months, I will predominantly be doing Men Monday, Tech Tuesday, Women Wednesday, Teacher Thursday, and Financial Fridays on Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Are you on Clubhouse? I wanted to join. Then they told me. Yeah, that, I need an iPhone. Yeah, then they told me I need to use an iPhone. Then I remembered I have a, I have an iPhone that I dropped that I, that I didn't I didn't want to use again. So probably I might have to pick it out because I will. Let me know. I have invites. So I, it's invite only, iPhone only. So yeah. if you want to get on the Clubhouse, let me know and I'll send you an invite. I really want. You know I think I will because I, I have the iPhone, but I'm not using it. And then I, I kept waiting, thinking that it will come to Android. It, it doesn't seem like it's coming there. And then I, it I will put, be there soon. Twitter is offered four billion dollars for Clubhouse. Yeah, because I think I think it's still in, it's still in the beta process. In, it's, it's less than a year old. They started out with an initial investment of ten million. So now they're worth four billion. Four billion, and I th- uh, wow. Audio only, and 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 I heard that that uh, creators on there are going to start being, you know, they're going Monetarized. to monetize that too. The the button is already there. You can send cash. Oh yeah, thank you so much. I I, I enjoyed this hanging out with you today, and uh, thank you. Yeah, and and for, and for the record, I kept time. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> This is Lady Be Blessed, and I'm hanging out with DJ Mark Extreme. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, guys, the Extreme BPM Tuesdays and Fridays, 8 p.m. East African time. You can check that with your time and, uh, you know, wherever you are best at. But 8 p.m. East African time, Tuesdays and Fridays on EJAS Radio. And uh, until then, go to uh, any podcast app of choice, search for the Extreme BPM and get the back, uh, back the conversations we've had with other people on the show. Until next time, I absolutely have, let me see, nothing, guys, for you. Everything is amazing. Just radio.